Welcome back to Art Talk. I'm Dan. I'm going to get a quick sponsor message out of the way and then we'll get right to it. Welcome to Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Twyman, and I'm here with my co-host, Erin. Say hello, Erin. Hey, everyone. And uh, Erin is sort of here today because she went and did the responsible thing and got her COVID shot, and she feels terrible. So <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing, Erin? I am above ground and vertical. Yeah, so tell us about your shot. Um, <clears throat> it was a shot. It was a shot? <laughs> Definitely a shot. But I mean, just for the... This is our public service announcement. So how, how, do you, how did you feel after the shot? Well, you know, I think that everybody has a different response to the uh, COVID shot. It's the second shot that everybody kind of is worried about. My, uh -huh. my, first, my first experience, when I first got this shot, um, I've just been, it's been kind of like a low-grade flu the whole time. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, so yeah, it's weird. Like I right now I'm really hot and kind of sweaty and it's been take this off? it's been a, <laughs> well i mean it, with or without it it's been hot, kind of like hot and cold chills yeah, and yeah it's like a flu okay and i know i talk to different people and they're saying <clears throat> some people are like i didn't notice anything and right. you know and that's just the weirdest thing but no, it just um, means you uh, your body's doing its job yeah i think i'm gonna go for the johnson and johnson shot that way it's just a one <clears throat> one deal you yeah know? but a lot of people are having problems with that one. Oh, well, I don't because know. it's because it's all in one shot maybe i'll have three shots <laughs> Maybe we should have a shot right now. What do you got? What do you got in the kitchen? Maybe I'll no, shoot I'm you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. We'll shoot each other. First. Okay. That'll be good. All right. So uh, uh, today, folks, we are going to be talking to another artist. We've been interviewing artists on the show, and uh, um, before we get started, I just want to mention a couple of things. Um, last time we talked, I was we were talking to an artist named. Jackie Knock, and um, her last name is N-A-C-H. And at one point I said JackieKnock.com. I just want to make sure everybody knows when you go to her website, it's J-A-C-K-I-E-N-A-C-H-A-R-T.com. So it's JackieKnockArt.com. So that's my, uh, my, my correction from last time. And um, what else was I going to talk about? Well... I think maybe we should just get to our artist, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we should have on the line with us Carrie Side from Arizona. Are you with us, Carrie? I am indeed. Hello, oh. hello. How you doing? Hi, Hi Carrie. Good. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm between shots myself. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to learn about second shots because I'm so suggestible. Right. But uh, um, I, so far, so good, and very blessed that, um, that we have this vaccine. I actually can't believe it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's sounding to me like most people are fine, but I think yeah, most people are some, fine with some it. people were reacting, but I think most people are fine. I mean, I have chronic allergies, to be honest with you, and I'm concerned, but at the end of the day, I'd rather not have COVID. <laughs> so. Well, my, right. mom, my mom and my stepdad had the Pfizer vaccine, and they had zero effects, nothing. They were just perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, everybody, everybody's different. So that's, so that's all good. So let's, we're going to, while we're talking here, we're going to, we're going to pull up your website. If you're, cool. if you're listening to this podcast, when you look at the, um, if you're on Anchor or Apple or wherever you're listening to the podcast, 
Uh, just look at your screen. You can see Carrie's name there. It's going to be part of the text. It's, it's C-A-R-R-I-E, and then it's side, but it's spelled S-E-I-D. So uh, when you go to her website, it's CarrieSideArt.com, which we're looking at right now. And my first comment is, I'm looking at, for example, Blurst. Yes. What is your what is your what is your I use about ten Beautiful. I use about ten different processes to create art and uh-huh. and I've been an art consultant for like four decades and I have to admit I looked at yours and I started thinking, hmm, how does she do this? Mm-hmm. So what uh, is that? Right. Where, where, why is this not coming up? Almost looks like underwater. That's weird. With with like um uh you know deep sea fish or coral fish or yeah, yeah, these are, yeah. These are well, um, so, so I hear a couple of questions in your comments. Um, these are, on the website, I think they look like photographs or prints or paintings, but they're actually three-dimensional sculptures. Oh, wow. In, yeah, in that um, they're flat on the front, though, because what I do is I create a whole metal structure using aluminum flashing from the hardware store and... Um, some dichroic materials that change color mm-hmm. and acrylic paints and all kinds of things. So I, I, I build a sculpture wow. that's basically like a four to five inch structure wow. of individual cells. And then um, and then I cover the whole thing with either oiled silk or a uh, plexiglass. And, wow. and the, the recently Blurs, the one that you're looking at on carrysideart.com, mm-hmm. is um, made with plexiglass over it. But the, but the reason it looks so lit, if you will, is because it you're just seeing reflected light bounce off the walls of reflective surfaces. So it's like, right. it, it, what's fun about the work is that it changes as you walk around it. Oh, wonderful. And um, you're picking up correctly on the undersea thing because yeah. when I was an undergraduate student, I went to Rhode Island School of Design and I was learning how to weave huh. fabric. And at the same time I was learning how to weave fabric and become a textile designer, I went on an unforgettable um, uh, scuba diving trip. Oh, really? And took one super, super deep dive of 60 feet. I'm super claustrophobic, so I'm never doing that again. But <laughs> glad I got the one shot to see what I saw, which was this unbelievable sort of moving fabric of color and light underneath the water. And um, I grew up in the Midwest, so I had no idea about that kind of color existing in the ocean and and those kinds of forms. And so so there's a big association I made between weaving fabric and making structure and this experience I had with fish because their their skin is dichroic, it changes color. So a whole school of fish would, right, you know, they'd go past me, they'd be purple, and then they'd turn and they'd be gold. Hmm. So wow. it was a very magical experience, and it made a big impact on you know, me. And it's, it's, 30 it, years later, still talking about it in my work to some degree. still amazes me what inspires an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, one, one time I was laying in bed, waking up in the morning about some years ago, and I'm staring at the ceiling, and the ceiling has all kinds of little... Uh, where we were living at that time, you know, the, the kind of texture or whatever. Mm. I could see faces in the texture, so I started drawing them, you know. So, I mean, it's the yes. we- it's weird how you come up. But, but my first comment is this. I When I first looked at your website, I thought it was digital art. And I thought it was, you know, printed or something. And ah. so, so now that I'm looking at it, I see aluminum vinyl acrylic, for example. And that is four inches deep, and it's 30 inches by 30 inches, and uh, really impre- nice-looking piece of art. So, so 
it's it's wall art, correct? It's 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 for the wall. It is wall art. I, this is um, three dimensional work I make for the wall, but I also do public commissions, uh-huh. and those works are either um, in. I have one piece in Tucson that's installed in the ground wow. with a glass mm. top, and I have a piece um, that's a giant orange slice that sits on the corner of Orange Grove Road here, and um, some benches I've done that go with that, and. Uh, a whole bunch of other stuff that is is not wall art. Well, this is so. what about um, let me let me see something here. Mother uh, is on your other page. Mm-hmm. It's a different. Tell me about that piece. Well, <clears throat> I'm a mother. Okay. <laughs> I have a daughter, mm-hmm. and I'm very close to my daughter. And mm-hmm. what I discovered when I became a mother is just how very intense that relationship is because mm-hmm. it's so interdependent and. Mm-hmm. Um, so the overlap there that you see, we're, for, for our audience, we're looking at two circles that one is larger and one is smaller, and they overlap, and there's a sort of Venn diagram, laws and shape that occurs in the middle. And um, it's just about just about the integration of, of parents and children and hmm. how much we're in their lives and how much they're in our hearts and how much, you know, we... we they become part of our bodies and sure. um sure. i think so for me that was about the sort of physical the physical pain and beauty mm. of that love and like how it. gigantic it is and i really like the um, co- i like the color in that one a lot. yeah thank you Brilliant. thank you that one's got a lot of painting in it i did a lot of hand painting with acrylics in the interior of that structure so that was a lot of fun yeah be- your, your art is definitely lending itself to uh commercial spaces and upscale uh, residents and that kind of brilliant. thing. Just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I do I do a lot of work with art consultants who place my work in hotels and hospitals and also high-end residences, absolutely. Yeah. What, what is your uh, first memory of creating art, the very first thing you ever created? Ah, that's such a good question. And I don't think I've ever been asked this question. <laughs> um, I have to really think back on it but I would say the first memory that really jumps out at me is when I was in second grade and I had a great art teacher and we had art every day in those days can you imagine like yeah. what a what a luxury it was we did too and yeah. Yeah. right art and music and gym it was so uh-huh. great to be yeah. a kid in, in, te- in Texas they had it yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so um but this particular day, she showed us that we could take Elmer's glue huh. and draw lines with it right from the bottle and then pour glitter onto the glue. Okay. And then shake the glitter off the glue, and and there would be this glitter drawing. And to me, that was like magic. It was okay. just the most alchemic, beautiful, you know, turning gunk into gold Right. sort of process I'd ever experienced and I couldn't believe how easy it was yeah. and it also had to do with the nature of the materials and their intrinsic properties so as a little seven or eight year old kid I understood that really innately and I got really excited that you could take something so fugitive like glitter uh-huh. and draw with it yeah. by using glue you know so that, know. that's yeah. it that's when I got hooked yeah I mean it was uh... <laughs> well it's interesting that you use the word alchemy you know because that's basically what it is. Well, Erin and I were both introduced to art at an early age because her dad was a working actor in Hollywood and my dad was a published artist. So, um, ah. so yeah, so my earliest memory was, you know, my I mean, as far as my dad 
showing me how to draw something was a three-dimensional box with a shadow, you know. And, yes. uh, and but my, my earliest memory in school was when they had us cut potatoes in half and then we would cut designs out of the potatoes and dip them in ink and then press it on paper. So yes. we, were, we were making potato prints. Exactly. We were making potato <laughs> prints. And then we, of course, always stuck our hands and our feet and we started putting everything in it and making shapes and going crazy with it. But, uh, but that was back when they let you do that kind of stuff in school, you know. Um, well, you've so, had a lot of uh, uh, exhibitions and it's, it shows here exhibitions and awards. Wow, that's amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, all you live long enough, you get these things on your resume. <laughs> now, on that note, on oh that come note, on, what are you, twenty nine and a half? Uh, if yeah. uh, if somebody if somebody wanted to commission you, let's say that somebody said, "Hey, I really like your work, but I've got this office and we have this and this going on, and I really need these colors and these shapes and blah blah blah." Are you available to do commissions, or do you? I am totally one hundred percent available to do commissions. Okay. I love, in fact. Well, I love commissions because they're assignments. You know, I think artists work really well when they have assignments and they don't work so well when they don't have assignments. That's it. Because yep. we, we need a goal, right? We need something to motivate us to get our butts in the studio and, yeah, and do that hard work. So, um, <clears throat> yes, I love commissions. And also, I really enjoy the process of collaboration and working with someone else's brain and figuring out together something that is greater than the sum of its parts. So, huh. the answer yeah. is yes. Yeah, we... Uh we uh, met an artist a while back and um, as artists do I said you know hey let's draw something and so we did a collaborative drawing and that was a lot of fun so uh, oh, how fun. I really like doing that you know but I, we used to take a piece of paper when I was a kid and I would draw a squiggly line and hand it to another artist kid and you know in school and they would then add something and then they hand it to another kid and they'd add something and we pass it all <laughs> pass it all the way around and we had like a 30 person drawing you know <laughs> yes, and, uh, wonderful. and they were always wonderful. they were always really good too which was amazing very cathartic yeah <laughs> well I was yeah. I, I wanted I wanted to ask you um, I wanted to ask you what was the art Institute like uh, well I taught there I was faculty member there Wow and I so I was not a student there in fact I did I wasn't accepted as a student there because uh, I applied there for graduate school, and it's one of my favorite stories to tell because the the moral of the story is that no doesn't mean no, it just means not now. Hmm. So um, I was not accepted into their grad program, but I went to uh, grad school at Cranbrook Academy of Art in Michigan, and then I came out and had a, a bit of an art career in Chicago for a while, and um, someone at the Art Institute went on sabbatical, and they invited me to teach in the uh, fiber department there. So wow. I was really excited because the school that had rejected me as a student accepted me as a teacher. Oh, and don't you love that? Don't you love that? <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. And I loved it. I was there for three years before I moved out west, and hmm. um, I taught in three departments. I was in fibers department and freshman foundation and also the art history department where I taught the history of textiles. Mm. So oh, the Art beautiful. Institute is a fantastic museum. It's a fantastic school. I had incredibly talented students, and all I can say I was I I cut my teeth as a professor there. Huh. Um, my my boss Ann Wilson really taught me a lot about teaching and how to do it better than I had been doing it at the time. And so I went on to become a better teacher after that. But um, I would say that um, but the anybody who can be affiliated with that institution is, is having a lucky experience, for sure. What inspired you to help others? With my coaching? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think it was 20 years of teaching and seeing now that I've been a, a student and a teacher and someone who sits on panels and also a, a public artist and, hmm. and, you know, I've been like on all facets of this gemstone and I just was so frustrated with, by seeing really talented people be so afraid. Right. And hmm. not, not afraid of like lions and tigers and pandemics, but just afraid of their own <laughs> ideas, you know? Hmm. Like, like afraid of red, afraid of scale, afraid of, of switching departments, Sure. Um, you know, just afraid of their own talent. And so it just, it came naturally after I quit teaching, I just naturally became a creativity coach because I, I think there's a huge need and people are afraid to even admit that they want to do something. Yeah. Much less do it. Well, know? we so. have yeah, we have a couple of listeners uh, that I've talked to. One in particular, I've been talking to on LinkedIn, and um, she is, you know, great artist, and uh, you know, uh, wanted to interview her on the show and everything. But she's just literally afraid to talk on a podcast. And mm. so I I used to teach acting, and I I you know, told her, I said, look, it's a conversation. There's no performance involved. We're just talking about, you know, what you're doing, your creativity, your, uh, you know, what, whatever it was. And so, um, and I just, and I, of course, I learned a long time ago, I'm not pressuring anybody. So I just said, you know, uh, when you're ready, um, but I said, the nice thing is we can do, we can record and uh, you can listen first. And you know what I mean? I was trying to be, uh, but, but there are plenty of people out there who, myself included, who at one time or another, uh, they really want to express themselves and they have some great passion or idea to do something and then you go to do it and all of a sudden oh wait a minute I forgot I got to go do this errand or I got to go do that or I got and, mm. and I used to distract myself you know when I was younger sure. and, uh, and well, so yeah self-sabotage is a is a fine art unto itself right yeah. it's like yeah. we can we can work away at that craft for years and years and years and for get sure. very good at it and for it's sure. sad because you miss you miss your life. You miss opportunities to maybe be a little scared or or take a risk. But Fearing. in the end, I'd, I'd rather try something and fall on my face than never try it if I want to do it. Yeah, fearing so. the fearing the phantoms. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What does so, Tony Tony um, Ro- Tony uh, Robbins says? Fail and fail often, so that you can you know. To, I guess what he's he's meaning is just keep going, just keep doing it until. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, well, Thomas Edison said, "I have never failed. I've only found ten thousand ways that won't work." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Which is such a great paradigm on it, right? It's like. Oh, I love that. It's not failure is a funny word. It's like it doesn't. It just means what you take it to mean. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so it, it, this is the trick. Like, I once, I once um, designed a workshop that I thought was so fantastic. It had great graphics. It had great advertising. We we were on top of it, and <laughs> nobody signed up. And wow. I was a little sad. You know, I thought, well, that's too bad. I was really excited to do this workshop, but but to my credit, I had been alive on the planet long enough to know that I could either take that to mean something. Or take that to mean nothing hmm. at all. Like hmm. just okay, happenstance. Who knows? Bad timing. I don't know. Moving right. on. So then I offered another workshop about a month later, and a bunch of people signed up, and it was a fantastic event. Hmm. So 
I learned from that, you know, you, you can, you can make meaning out of anything positive or negative. Right. And so the meaning I made out of it was this means nothing. I know I'm really good at this. I know I want to do this. And my passion is greater than my fear. So you will be successful when your passion for something is just bigger than your fear. Right. And then you're willing to just go be afraid and That's do it anyway. It. And I think, an I think an important thing to say to those people that are, you know, hesitating or, or whatever their version of, of it is, you know, is that we're all the same. Meaning uh, yes. at some level, we all experience it. It's just that based on our upbringing or whatever, some of us, um, it's easier for us to get into it quicker or right place, right time, and then you're pushed it, whatever it is, but we all have the same, you know, I can't tell you how many times I got up in front of an audience or to do a talk of some kind or whatever, and my heart felt like it was going to fly out of my chest. <laughs> yeah. and, and then after I was all done, I was like, what was I so nervous about? You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it, it, was, it, it worked out fine. Um, I want to ask you, because we're at 20 minutes, I want to ask you another question. Um, sure. Uh, and this might sound like an odd question, but uh, I'm totally serious love, about it. I love odd questions. Okay. Go for it. What would the world be like if there was no art? <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a pit in my stomach immediately. Um, what would the world be like if there was no art? I think... The world would be very boring and sad, and people would be horribly, horribly, horribly depressed. You know what because I thought? Because we, I see this as a form of self-care. We art is something you do to take care of yourself, mm. and that, without it, yeah. we wouldn't be able to take care of ourselves. That's right. Well, you know what made me think of that question was uh, North Korea. Believe it or not. I, w I was I was watching something and it, it suddenly realized I suddenly realized they can't put anything on their wall unless it's approved by the government and what they're allowed to put on their wall are pictures of the government <laughs> and 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 then I did see a few like sort of t pictures of a tree with some leaves or something but but in general I was looking at their culture and I was thinking you cannot express yourself there you can't say you know uh for example, if you were to do a nude and present it to a gallery in North Korea, which you couldn't do anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, that yeah. It would, be, it would be like a crime that you would be punished severely for. So, so, uh, so that got me thinking, wow, what if, you, what if you, you were in a society where you just were not allowed to create art? It would be... It would be two-dimensional and black and white. To me, it would be, what's, what's the point? There would, be, yeah. there would be no point to yeah. it. You know, I just, to me, art is like uh, life, you know, so. Um, well, you know. I, I think, to your, you know, a good, uh, a good um, corollary to your question, Dan, is like, is it possible to have a world where there's no art? Because I bet you, and I, I you know, I don't know this for sure, but it feels like people in societies where, where they're oppressed in these ways they still find ways to make art. They just can't show it. Exactly, I agree. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's not that we have no art. It's just that we might not be able to share the art or show the art or do the art. But but it is natural to sing and paint and write and create. This is this is what we do. We well, create the very fact and that, yeah. 
you know, I don't, I don't think we're capable of not doing it, frankly. So, I think that, I, I don't know. I it's think a good that, question. I think that the very fact that life and death itself exists is a form of art. That and in an, in and of itself is a form of art because. Well, yeah. Look around. Yeah. I mean, my God, the tree outside my window—it's just unbelievable. Ooh, yeah. na nature, <laughs> nature's nature's creating art. Well, I mean, uh, I I told the story in a previous podcast, and I won't tell it again, but I'll touch on it real quick. And that is simply that, no matter where you put an artist, they're going to create art. And uh, we had a a guy come into a gallery one time. And he showed me his art. It was impressive. I asked him, what's your medium? And he said, my medium is dirt, and my medium is uh, blood, and my medium is uh, ink I rub off of packages. And I said, why? Mm. Why? And he said, because when you're in prison for 15 years, they don't give you paintbrushes and paint. Oh, and so there you go. the guy, it didn't matter where you put this guy, mm. he's creating art, you know? Yeah. There you and, go. And People really, will find a way. Yeah, People really, will find a way. Yeah, I love that. Well, we are almost at 25 minutes, so I we do need to cut it off. But i, I got to tell you, I really enjoy talking to you. This You're has been amazing. Fantastic. Uh, oh, fantastic thank you, guys. Guest. Thank you. Yeah. I've enjoyed talking to you, too. I yeah. always love talking about things that matter, like yeah. creativity and self-expression. So sure. important. And well, I, always, I, I just wanted to say this. Um, uh, an old mentor of mine said to me one time, um, Art is something coming from the universe through you for expression to be shared with others, and I just yes. always kind of thought that was a really Ooh, cool thing. That's a nice. Uh, yes, I nice feel that. I do feel that. Unfortunately, it's not taught that way. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to change that too in the oh. way that I coach and and help people. So. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I think that's very true. Good point. Well, Thank you. Let's mention sure, again sure. that uh, if you uh, want to look at Carrie's art or get in touch with Carrie for any reason. It's C-A-R-R-I-E-S-E-I-D.com. And um, again, we can do this again in the future. Uh, I like the idea of touching base with people down the road to see how things are oh, going. Oh, I love it. I and, love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so tell, tell friends and family, everybody listening, to tune into this podcast. You can support it for as little as 99 cents a month, so you won't even notice that. <laughs> and, um, you know, we want to keep doing this long term. And I want to thank my co-host, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Aaron. I especially want to thank you because I know you don't feel good, and <laughs> you'd rather be on the couch with uh, Hagendas. Oh, I was gonna say hot. <laughs> I was gonna say hot tea, but yeah, <laughs> coffee Hagendas. Coffee Hagendas. Okay. Cool, cool, cool me down. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna stock up. I'm gonna put that in my fridge. All before right. I get my All second right. shot. Thank there, you. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> oh, and I just wanted to say quickly that anybody who gets on my website is welcome to um, sign up for a complimentary consultation. Ooh. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Good Thank to you. know. Good That's to know. That's awesome. And also, too, Thank we have you. we have a website called artworkpodcast.com, and uh, I can add content there, so people can send me messages. Uh, Carrie, if you wanted to say, hey, can you do a shout out for me or something, oh, whatever. Cool. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll put it on the website. So Wonderful. again, we are out of time, but we really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, we hope to talk to you again in the future. Okay, thanks right. guys. Stay thanks. safe out there. Thank you. Take care. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Good luck with your second bye -bye. Sh your shot. Okay. Bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. Awesome. Well, she was a great guest. Yeah, yeah that was cool. That I was really, really like that. Well, we are at 26, almost 27 minutes, so we're going to cut it off. Thank you, everybody, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Say bye, Aaron. Bye, everybody. Say something inspirational something inspirational all right that was perfect <laughs> okay so we'll talk to you guys later all right bye-bye for now